Hello, and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I'm the hostess and creator of this podcast and podcast network. This is the 100th episode, and to celebrate, I'm honoring this work and what goes into it, (laughs) but of course I have to throw a major virtual hug to all of you. Just thank you for even listening to one minute of any of these episodes. Thank you for listening to a, a second of it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your feedback, your messages, your shares, your reviews. And it's just an honor. Truly. (laughs) Today, I will be covering lessons learned in podcasting, business, and thinking. You know, this podcast is effective thinking for potent exercise. So this podcast would not exist if it weren't for my excitement and enthusiasm for learning. So I'm always open to know what you are learning from this podcast. Uh, A review would be incredibly, you know, just amazing if you let everyone know what you're learning and, you know, to share that with the world. It's just such an amazing thing. I, you know, I thoroughly believe that we can compound the results of our exercise efforts, our health efforts, our holistic mindset efforts, that we can see and feel visible improvements throughout the body with a true physical education. And this is not of the traditional or anything conventional sense. This is just not that. We are here for logic, science, academic, anecdotal experience, but in in the conversational form, you know, really unpacking these complex subjects and the beautiful science and biology of how our body changes. So with a true physical education, with these long format conversations, ongoing conversations about thinking fit, it gives us permission not to beat ourselves up. It gives us permission to be more, experience more joy with the progress of our exercise. And perhaps it even decreases our chances of falling prey to bad information in the process, meaning most of the influencer type workouts (laughs) or Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) I have grown tremendously through this podcast. And so has my business, so has my intellect. And I want to emphasize that the personal growth that I've had with you and through you is something that I am extremely grateful for. That's what this is all about, all of our growth. So we are also um, today in this episode... We are covering some updates and some news of Think Fit, Be Fit as we move into 2021. <laughs> and a real treat is that my friend, colleague, and backup dance partner, <laughs> um, Kat Sajak, is back for a discussion on the trends in fitness, you know, holistic body and wellness care and group exercise. Like I said, she's my friend, she's a colleague, she's, you know, even someone I take advice from. She's a trainer uh, at the the 
studio that she owns, Boutique Studio in Alexandria, Virginia, Ascend Lift Lab and Ascend Cycle. So I take, you know, her advice. She's a trainer in my circle. And she was previously featured on a virtual happy hour in August and an episode from August. So you'll see both of those in the show notes. And that's what we're covering today. Some trends, some rants, some updates. I, who knows, I might cry. I'm all, (laughs) I'm all excited and enthusiastic for sharing this wonderful journey with y'all. Um, And if you want to know more about what I do in Alexandria, Virginia, you can head on over to impactyourfitness.net. We have some very exciting, fun things going on. Besides that, I see we have a huge community internationally, and that's in like Sweden, it looks like Canada, and India. How cool is that? Australia. So chances are we're not hanging out. But on the social media, I'm hanging out. We're going live. We're doing workouts. Well, technically, you'd be watching my workout, and I'll be answering your questions. But all of that stuff, you know, the personal reason, the reason why I spend my time on social media is because I am fully engaged with challenging the fitness status quo in my own path. And You know, like I said, none of this stuff is conventional knowledge. Um, Conventional knowledge about the body doesn't even exist, if you ask myself and our co-host. You know, we don't – I don't believe that any of us fit into, like, this model of health that is handed down to us. So I'm on the social media all the time challenging that status quo and showing you – um, what actualizing body potential means uh, behind the scenes. And all of that is also why I started this podcast. I started this podcast for many reasons, and we're going to get into that, but that's a big one. So I invite all of you to dive deeper with us and subscribe on the news- to our newsletter. We offer a unique view on muscles and portals to new ways to respect the body and health because, you know, learning and quote unquote enjoying the process, which is a buzzy term, is um, it, it's special, okay? We take learning seriously and we want to take our listeners, you all, on that journey with us and uh, through us. So sign up at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com to really, you know, extend your experience join the fun, the newsletter gives you that access. And of course, there's lots of behind the scenes, the daily practices, the learning, the getting stronger, and my workouts on Instagram, uh, sorry, (laughs) Um, which is Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz. And you'll also find me on Twitter. I do love Twitter. My podcast coach says that makes me quote unquote old. Um, And that's at Jen Impact on Twitter. And I just spent a month on TikTok. And oh, hell no. I deleted my accounts this morning. I just can't. It's not happening. Uh, So Instagram and Twitter are it. Uh, Facebook is also where we do some interacting. So the podcast and 
uh, sorry, the podcast is on Instagram and Facebook at thinkfitbefit underscore podcast. And then my wonderful and highly esteemed co-host, Gigi and PJ, are on Instagram at fitness for consumption. All one word, fitness, F-O-R, consumption, for consumptions. Yum, yum, yum. Okay. So this, you know, and this isn't a conversation starter. We're not going to give you a list of things to do. We are more likely to give you a glossary and homework, okay? Because this is an ongoing conversation, and it's about all the things that create more health expansion and more opportunities to be healthy and, and connect deeper with those, um, the, the daily ins and outs of it, the, the practices, the exercise, the reps, and your purpose, right? So we also share stuff on how to think about, you know, what goes into the body and how science interprets it, interprets it. That's part of my personal mission that stat, you know, that I really want to challenge the status quo. That's really a lot of the stuff that I talk about. Okay. So on to news and updates, right? I've mentioned fitness for consumption, And so I want to know, have you listened? We've put out six episodes with (laughs) Gigi and PJ, which is Gregory Gordon and Paul Juris. And we also had a couple other episodes, you know, uh, last month. Uh, They've been all over the place because, like, I really consider them mentors, colleagues, and people that I look up to immensely. We are just so proud. I'm so proud of the this production. It's amazing. It's so immensely valuable. And it's a unique podcast series. So hang with me, you know, because I want to elevate the conversation about fitness and science. And I can't do that without the academic experience that they have with the actual research and managing research and knowing how to capture data. Like I can't elevate the conversation without them. I'm so proud that I can do that. That's what I mean by that, okay? So our goal is for you to take this knowledge and apply it to your own exercise so that it can feel good, work well, and give you the freedom that comes from installing a strong system for working out. So that is going to be going to physical therapy, personal training, managing your own exercise at any stage, planning, programming your exercise, okay? This is important stuff, all right? And in in this case, in this case specifically, knowledge when applied with principles and logic, is very powerful. The knowledge by itself is not. The questions by themselves are not, right? We have to continually question and find what works best for us and apply it and be consistent, okay? Um, All right, because you know, trying to apply someone else's program without the science, without the logic of how we move will result in mediocre results, maybe even a waste of the time or worse, an injury. So blindly following a program doesn't really work. But if you take knowledge and put it into a system, which might be someone else's program, right? You can still buy programs, but you need the knowledge to um, work better within it. Okay, that's my point. 
right? So we are providing that all free, all on the platforms, you know, subscribe, download, retweet, whatever, okay? <laughs> um, I'm getting excited and off course. So, okay, um, th- we've already published six episodes. We have four more, and these are intelligent and academically based human movement science content. Wow. And that you can use in your exercise immediately, all right? Learn more about them and their 50-plus years of experience in science, kinesiology, research, motor control, motor learning, academia, professional sports at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com slash host. Or you can just tag, use the tag thinkfitbefitpodcast.com, type fitness for consumption, and they have their own page right there on the website, and it has all their episodes, and they really should be resources. Like most people that are listening to these have to listen a couple times because they really get excited about this new knowledge and uh, every word is like so choice and like and dialed in to help you acquire that knowledge such a beautiful thing let's give them a hand okay so the and and this is because i the exercise world is notorious for creating products new exercises, using research advantageously. The goal of this exclusive podcast series is to examine pop culture fitness, right? Through the lens of human movement science. Go follow them, let us know what you are learning and what you want to learn more about at instagram.com fitness for consumption. In 2021, we are moving forward the Think Fit Be Fit podcast as a network of, you know, podcast on effective thinking for potent exercise. This means I will be inviting previous guests, cohorts, contemporaries, my contemporaries, to host their own conversations, which is so exciting. Like, so the people that I've had on this podcast are just, there's like I said, they can really bring up a new way to look at and challenge exercise, and I'm so excited, okay? So if you're craving innovation in your exercise and you want to work from the inside out for better workouts, meaning the mindset, how you approach exercise, then this is what you can expect more of in 2021, Myself, Jennifer, will be taking on some of my favorite topics such as strength and conditioning, athletic training, holistic health, and challenging the status quo in all things fitness. My goal is to help the listener develop confidence in choosing their own fitness journey rather than taking unqualified advice and learning the hard way (laughs) Um, because what we really need to succeed with exercise is independent thinking and self-agency retweet gosh I have to retweet myself Uh, p.s. I don't love those people okay but you know we can hold we can be bold and be impeccable to ourselves when we respect biology, physiology, and the incredible ability of the body to change. This is what I teach every day, every day. 
This is my message, okay? So we're, we will be talking to my friends in the industry who are pioneering and having success with various avenues, but not the influencer types that we've gotten used to in the fitness industry. There's a really good chance that the guests that I invite on do not sell 20-minute workouts and are mostly applying science in the scope of exercise science, anathotic training, or physical therapy. Okay, so we have releases every Wednesday and secondarily on two Mondays per month. Of course, you can subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and more, meaning you can ask A-L-E-X-A. I'm just saying it like that because, you know, I have one behind me. You can ask her to play Think Fit, Be Fit and she will. And I just, I love doing that. So that's probably my new party trick whenever we're allowed to have parties. All right. So, you know, we look forward to seeing you grow and thinking fit. So, you know, speaking of growth, it's time for like that first segment on the lessons that I've learned in a hundred (laughs) episodes, podcasting, business, fitness, holistic injury care, and athletic performance. Okay, I have a list of lessons that I want to get through, and they're also, you know, put together based on the questions, the messages, the feedback that I've gotten, but it's also based on business performance, social media, confidence, just confidence in the podcast in general. Um, And of course, like insights from my day in and day out work. So I thought it was a good place just to go back to the foundation of what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So it's, you know, why I started this podcast. Okay. So essentially I was frustrated that my clients were spending money on therapies and personal training and not able to sustain results, and including in my practice, and not able to sustain the results that of um, what we were doing, you know, in our hands-on MAT work and whatnot. So I started this in 2018 before my business expanded into the studio that it is now. And I just want to say that optimizations of the body are nothing without the right thinking pathways or support from the mindset. The one of the main, you know, operations, you know, um, so my clients are using our services at impact your fitness for, our advanced approach with muscle activation techniques, Pilates, activation-based fitness, and they want to resolve some type of chronic tightness, some pain, reoccurring injury, or just improve their odds at staying really competitive at whatever athletic level they are at. This also means that we can start from scratch on their fitness because they know they've been maybe not approaching it the right way. So this also means that we could potentially provide me my and my colleagues at work could provide a new fitness system of being thoughtful, precise, and effective. 
because when I started this podcast, it, I was in a very minimalist place. I was uh, studying the RX process with muscle activation techniques and Greg Roscoff in Denver. And I didn't have a lot of resources to buy new equipment or put together, yeah, mostly equipment, <laughs> and nor time to give, um, to provide. Like I've always had a busy schedule with MAT, but I knew I needed to do something to increase the resiliency of our time to, you know, our, their body and my approach really. So what this comes down to is I had to work on the mindset piece. So I'm a doer. So that's where this podcast was birthed. That's its seeds. Um, you know, I was frustrated that so many intelligent people that I was working with were trying so hard to fit into societies the culture of this dumbed down version of health. And I want to show people, or I wanted, you know, I still do to show people that we are not designed to fit in these dominant models of wellness and fitness. It, that we have to really step back and define what it is that we want to get out of our exercise and be um, thoughtful in our approach. So, the concepts that I thought could do this, okay, we have five. One is that pain science and muscle physiology, exercise physiology are, are concepts that I really wanted to teach at from a, a systems-based, science-based thinking so that my clients, my friends who didn't have access to me could reconceptualize their own potential, so my hypothesis here is if we have a education, a physical education about what's going on in our sessions, that they could too see their so their potential, okay? And the second one, and I feel like I've, I've really been able to do that, by the way. <laughs> the second one is that a, a fulfilling, active life can also be a process of self-development, now that is just a very, um, it's very biased to my own experience. And I really just want to share excitement for these processes and, you know, sue me, I guess, <laughs> if, if you don't agree with that. But I, I, I really enjoy the um, being able to share enthusiasm and energy for this work. So then the third one is that I wanted to teach my clients that the body is unique and universal and that biology is universal and is in ourselves, like is beautiful, that there are pieces of nature inside of us. There's pieces of the universe inside of us. And I think we can um, actualize that and feel it within a system of exercise. I just think it's one of the most beautiful things about really well-designed exercise is that you can feel so connected and <laughs> so connected. Okay. Again, like truly, truly in love with this process. Okay. The fourth one, 
I also wanted to share that strength in the body supports a pain-free active life. So there's a lot of uh, gimmicks in the um, self-care industry that sell us on, you know, tricking our body into being, uh, you know, releasing tissues and, and knots. And I don't support that. I think that strength and it can be the foundation for a pain-free life and that we can, uh, really work on it from that angle. So it's a total flip from most of the, like the muscle and flexibility and mobility self care. And I really talk about that a little bit in, in like our golf episodes that were published in November with my friend and teacher Trevor. So check those out. If you want more on that subject, I, I, probably reference some other episodes, but that one just comes to mind because it's a recent. Okay. Here's the last one. I believe that with most of the fibers in my body, that strength training training is far superior than any other type of exercise. Okay. I've learned about other types of exercise along the way. I'm a huge fan of Pilates. I think that's a, a really, you know, I would also call that some a bit of strength training, but it is its own system. Anyways, so this podcast is a vehicle for me to continually talk about this, share the excitement, and ask more questions about that, and fulfill my curiosity about how exercise can be a poly pill miracle drug that will keep me aging like J-Lo, right? And being able to explain that during my sessions is not easy because I get so pumped. So, you know, it's all about time management, right? So in one way, because I have so much to share that I couldn't do it in the hour, you know, they're not paying me to be their friend. They're paying me to help them resolve issues. So in using this platform, the podcast to inspire uh, the principles of resiliency, responsibility about our care, our self-care and our body care, and actualizing body potential as like just a mindset, I thought it would it could trickle down, you know, into my clients in their brain and that they could subscribe to consistent change and the idea that progress is not linear, right? And that that those two things are like a new normal and that there's no binary thinking about exercise. Well, I I don't know. I, I don't know how they think, right? I can only share these conversations. That's the beauty of it. It gives me more boundaries and freedom. So that's the lesson learned. That's big one. Through believing this and this, you know, believing that I can infuse my y'all's mindset and brain and thinking that I've learned that my business performs better when I can refer to these conceptual and explorative conversations. So it's like a barrier and a boundary for us to stay on task, which is been very good for my business. Cause as you guys may know, I can talk for a while. Okay. And get off topic. (laughs) So creating these boundaries is helping me stay on task and provide really high level service and charge more money for it. So I'm providing my energy where it can really make a difference. And that includes 
the podcast. <laughs> so the lesson learned here is for business, you know, creating boundaries. And it's also for my mental health is to allow the right people into your space, my space, whether that be physical or virtual. So we're learning that in our studio and we've done some great work behind making that a reality. So on training people in, you know, in podcasting or through podcasting, I've learned to be open to changing my mind and being open to being wrong essentially. So I used to think I used to be that everything has to be perfect type of trainer and specialist. And I would hyper zoom in on the mechanics while having pretty bitter feelings about how people approached exercise. So this was a lack of boundaries. I was too wrapped up in their emotions and their movement and like quote unquote correct movement. And I realized that none of that is correct. None of that is correct, you know, and that's directly linked to these conversations that I've published. And because of, you know, using, um, the words that matter and studying this whole processing, you know, how the brain and how the mind process information when it's moving. It's, um, it's a really interesting thing because I've learned that these words that we use will have a direct impact on the quality of the exercise and potentially how well it, like the physiology, um, can, uh, um, be directed in the body and how the resources are directed in the body. It's really a fascinating topic. You'll have to tune in to other episodes like, uh, the ones with Gregory Gordon and Dr. Paul Juris. Like we, they really have changed me guys. I'm not like making any of that up when I talk about it. So, you know, just this is another key thing that I've walked away from, Um, because I've alchemized this, like everything has to be perfect to each time we exercise, we are making such deliberate choices. And when I say it like that to myself and to my clients, I'm giving them the space to make the choice for high quality exercise, high quality movement, high quality body care. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, I'd also like to say that understanding the difference between feedback and cueing is something that I've learned through this podcast and through these um, educational conversations. And it may be stuff that I've heard before and read before, but not at not discussion and questioning at the level that has happened here. Okay. Uh, and you know, that comes from me also like researching the guest and like a reading and participating in the conversation. So I level up each time I have a guest that's out of my league and being able to regurgitate it on social media and through copy and in the intro is me leveling up. Like I'm learning with you guys. Okay. Wow. Such an honor, right? Uh, the other thing that I've learned through the podcast, through a hundred episodes is that correct movement doesn't even exist. And that corrective exercise doesn't make any sense. And this is from my science, like a uh, motor learning, motor control and psychology point of view. 
that's a big one. And that's a really big thing that the fitness industry, I think, could be, would benefit from. Um, and that's a part of the mission of this whole entire thing. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I wanted to share and what I've learned through these hundred episodes is that we don't know a whole lot. Like we pretend to know more than we do in the exercise industry and in the fitness industry. So I'll just leave it at this. Your body, our body, any biology, is it's like constantly in motion underneath the surface. And that's truly awesome. And it's natural. It's what's supposed to happen. And learning this is one of the keys to self-authoring your fitness and truly thriving. So I've that's one of my lessons and one of the things I I was able to convey to so many of my clients. And um, I think it's just a nice piece of um, advice, you know, something to keep in mind as you make your choices. So another thing that I've learned through the podcast and through business and, um, actually through my wonderful, um, partner, boyfriend, uh, is that learning to receive is a big factor for success in all parts of my life. So, this translates in the fitness world as being just accountable, hardworking, yet able to truly go through, go f- with the flow because you've put in the work of investing in the body. So too often, I'll relate this to training, but it really does relate to every part of my life. And so relate to training is that we work so hard to get something and then don't take those moments to enjoy uh, the results, or we just keep trying to achieve something when we realize, when we don't like stop and actually enjoy the success. And by enjoying that success, the body responds in a positive way. The, the, it's just amazing. So I'll leave it at that because that's also like a really emotional, it's a sensitive topic for me. It's very um, wrapped up in so many of my life lessons that I have to leave it at that because there's so much more to this episode than my emotional and spiritual health, okay? (laughs) Um, This is one of the last ones that I've learned. I've learned that I love podcasters, my, all the people out there on this like pirate radio, and starting their own revolution and evolving and helping other people learn, you know, um, the mass media, the fitness pop culture is full of BS. And I think there's something really special about podcasters who are willing to take the lead, you know, be, be the fire starters. Right. So, you know, there's something really special about connecting with different ideas, being an active listener, being a cheerleader in your industry. You know, um, I like to call out people, but I also like to be the cheerleader for sure. More than calling people out because calling people out usually gets me in a little bit of trouble. And if you want to listen to me calling people out, um, I will link to a show, um, that I was a guest on. It's called the pumped peach. So cute. Okay. So here's another thing that I've just really love about podcasters is that using a multi-dimensional, you know, 
approach, like multi-faceted content approach is just so powerful for discovering new tools, new techniques, and staying cutting edge and unconventional. That's my, one of my favorite things to do is staying unconventional, like never following, always questioning and leading. So I feel like amongst podcasters, those are my people because they can, I find a lot of that, um, synergy. Another one is that I love podcasters because, you know, being and seeing the change in this world is a wonderful thing. And personally, I would love to witness this audience, you, the people in this community, to find body harmony, resilience, and be strong and find your own and define your own potential. Um, oh, so awesome. And then the last one is, you know, helping people build confidence and knowledge without images. I think that is cool. And I salute all of you for doing that. It's amazing. And here's the last thing that I've learned. Um, not the last thing, the last thing I'm going to bring up. (laughs) And that is I've learned that spiritual and self-development is a huge key to success. You know, this lesson includes stuff about the ego and not allowing the ego to be fed by others and their jealousy or their unjustified opinions and just being an active listener and asking great questions. Like all of that stuff goes down to spiritual work and and self-development, which I've um, done quite a bit of in this 2020. Uh, I took it very seriously this quarantine time to work on myself and to install habits that we're going to produce. And in that process, I've spent money and I have um, received a lot from it. So the more money I spent, the better I was receiving, meaning the more money I could make. And it's really, it's kind of uh, impractical um, advice there, but it is true. (laughs) So I just want to leave that there, that it is worth investing in yourself. um, And I want to support you in doing that. This is what this podcast is here to do. I had some other items that I wanted to get through, but I really did. I really feel like I covered a lot. Um, you know, accountability. I had some stuff to talk about there. I wanted to discuss uh, reading studies and being evidence based, and how much I've learned about those things through the podcast and through hundred episodes. But at the end of the day, I really appreciate all this growth and being around it. That's the thing that makes me happy and makes and makes me sleep better at night. Um, I love sharing with you guys. I love hearing your feedback. So please keep on doing that. And I so look forward to growing and witnessing more growth in this community in 2021. Okay, before we get to our trend setting and trend review for 2021 with Kat, I wanted to tell you real quick about our affiliates here at Think Fit Be Fit podcast. And they are both to fuel a healthy life and workouts. So our first one is ladder.sport. 
Our code is BFIT10 and you can use that for their plant protein, their whey protein, their superfood greens, and their pre-workout. I'm currently using their pre-workout and their chocolate plant protein and am loving them both. The pre-workout definitely has beta alanine, which is so, (laughs) it's effective and, but it doesn't like over engage my nervous system. Some of you may know what I mean. (laughs) And then the plant protein is just delicious and clean. And these are NSF certified formulated by, um, LeBron James and his trainer and nutritionist. I highly recommend, obviously, use BFIT10 at ladder.sport. Our other affiliate is someone is a company that I've been using for at least six months now, and that's Ruvi, R-U-V-I. And you can go to goruvi.com slash impact your fitness. And they have these blends of vegetables and fruits that are whole fruits, whole vegetables, nothing else. And each drink, high performance drink has all the fiber and they are just delicious blends of fruit and vegetables. They're freeze dried and it's very simple. My favorites are the boost and the focused. Head on over to goruvy.com slash impact your fitness. So, um, like I said, guys, I invited Kat back because one, she's awesome and I totally respect um what uh she's done in general but this year in particular like wow (laughs) um talk about the year of pivots yes (laughs) um so before we start into our like trend conversation can you tell us a little bit about your 2020 adventures Sure. Um, yeah. So Ascend, um, starting out this past year, we had our indoor cycling studio, um, which was a very small room, probably about 800 square feet full of 25 bikes, um, as well as a strength training studio, which was located in the basement of our building, um, where we did a combination of barbell um, strength training program and some um, high intensity interval training classes. Um, Once the pandemic hit, obviously everything had to shut down and that was um, really a huge challenge, um, of course, for for the business and all of the small businesses around us. Um, And, you know, after realizing that we, as a small business in a in such a small town, small town, like Delray is the community aspect is so important. Um, The in-person aspect is so important. We did mess around with some virtual type of classes and training, but you can't deliver what we actually deliver in terms of our coaching style, our equipment, our in-person interactions. This just does not translate to the virtual life. Um, So I really, I realized that pretty quickly and realized that we had to figure out a way to be open and figure out a way to innovate and pivot and um, figure out how we can create our studio according to the restrictions that were placed upon us for the pandemic. And so what we ended up with is a outdoor spin studio where the bikes are all um, distanced by 10 feet with open air at all times. And then for our strength training program, had to basically really narrow that down to small group 
personal training is kind of what I feel like it is to a degree. Mm-hmm. It's um, for people only. You're at your own station. You have your own barbells. You don't interact with anyone else. Um, and again, just facilitating that um, space between the people also on the flip side allows us to give so much personalized attention and really focus on uh, lifting program, which has been kind of fun to spend a lot of time on and, and develop over the past several months. Yeah. And the reception of it is so encouraging. Um, you know, I think you just hit on like two things that will start like our 2021 trend conversation with, which is one, I looked back at some 2020 like list, like a <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny when you do that. Like you're like, oh, like, that's gonna wow. be cool this year. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Vaccines wasn't on the list, like of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we, um, so what I saw, I saw some people pointing out that like virtual reality might even be part of the fitness industry. And guess what? I don't think it will be. Yeah, because if it were going to be that people would have picked up on it. Right. People would have done it now. Like for example, the NBA had virtual reality courtside seats. Oh, interesting. No, they weren't like selling out at all. Yeah. Huh. They, they yeah, and you know, the NBA's been interesting to watch as like when we talk about trends because mm-hmm. they've really pushed themselves to uh make it make a season happen. Yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> And they did really successfully. And um, so, but vir- virtual reality is not part of it. And so I know that's not what we were doing. We were having Zoom sessions. and right. like, But my point is, is like, it's even more speaking to that, like, what, you know, what you just said, we need that. We need the people. We need, we need social interaction. We need all the, all the energy in person and um, I think 2020, the onslaught of this, like, really proved that piece, yeah. like, for sure. So um, I would say, like, 2021 trends, like, we're going to see small classes in person. Yeah. Um, virtual, of course, but I still think it's, it's, a, it's a secondary um, uh, complement type of class. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to be people's main way of working out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's a lot, people need the accountability and they like the social aspect of working out in a group. Um, even so myself, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'd like to say that I'm self-motivated, but I am much more motivated when I know when I have a sweat date with someone, if I'm like, Hey, like MB, like, let's go lift. I'm so much more that holds me so much more accountable than it is like okay I'm gonna get my lift in today at some point but if I have that person or that class or whatever that relationship is one I think it's a little bit more fun um and two you know it just helps you it's more motivating Mm -hmm. um and I so I don't think that part of being in person is going to go away I think the challenge and I might be jumping ahead but the challenge for a small business fitness studio is how do you take your business model, which was cram as many people as you can into your small space and translate (laughs) that to now we have to create all this space and we have to have smaller classes. How do you actually make that a successful business? Yeah. I mean, we've seen uh, several of our uh, neighborhood friends, business friends 
they're not existing anymore. Yeah. You know, the most popular bar in Alexandria is gone. Yeah. That was, that was, and, and same with the yoga. Um, and yeah, I just, I, yeah, it's been, uh, that, that's a hard thing to watch and, you know, obviously ease and Mm -hmm. all that stuff, uh, you know, just kind of want to say that it's, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It, um, it's true. And it's part of what we're learning and adapting to, um, on the client side, on the customer side, on the business end and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, what, uh, the other thing is obviously strength. I think, um, Mm -hmm. one of the things I pointed out as a trend was going to be, um, more of a focus on like this, like building strength for a life versus building strength for competition, um, body composition, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all the external motivating factors. I feel like that's going to be a trend. Right. I think so. I mean, that's how I've evolved to for myself. I think a long time ago, you know, I was a competitive gymnast in high school. I, when I got my exercise science degree, I always was kind of trying to put myself on the edge of every single workout. Like, you know, always working out hard, always trying to maximize every single workout. And I realized as I've gotten older that you can't be peaking all the time. <laughs> we know that we learn, we learn this, but you don't want to recognize that you always want to be kind of, um, working. You feel like harder is the better. And, you know, you and I've talked about this before and that's not the case. And I think for me, where I have finally gotten to a point where I feel really happy with my fitness is that I've taken out that expectation for myself And I've realized that I'm working out to live my life. Like I'm working out because it enhances my life because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel strong. I'm not working out to burn my body down or to achieve some kind of standard that someone's put on Instagram or some kind of standard for that someone else has. I'm actually doing it finally for myself, which Mm. nice. I think other people are realizing that, that they need working out should be a nice compliment enhancement to your life. And it's mm-hmm. not a punishment, which I think is such a sad mentality that is really prevalent um, in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yay, that might be going away um, yeah. or, you know, whimpering away, hopefully. Um, <laughs> uh, what, so what, what trend do you want to bring up? Um, so I, 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 well, I'd like to kind of piggyback on the strength training component where I think generally in the wellness and fitness industry, people are trying to figure out how that can build their immunity and make them strong. Um, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of focus on caring, a little bit caring for your body more. Um, and that, again, takes out that competitive edge. It takes out this like go hard all the time. It's like, how am I going to care for my body so that I'm able to fight off disease, um, strengthen my immune system? Um, and, you know, figuring out a better balance of workouts of what you should be doing each week versus either haphazardly just going to a bunch of different classes or, you know, tootling around the gym if you're still going to the gym right now. Um, and actually looking at to see what type of program is sustainable and reasonable for long-term, like just fitness maintenance. Because that's what most of us need. We're not a bodybuilder. We're not going into any type of crazy competition. 
most races are even canceled right now. So I know some people like to have goals. They like to work towards some kind of event. But even still, just figuring out a way to like be in a maintenance mode just for health, I think is something that people are starting to realize and appreciate more. Yeah, and it's not easy um, to be like maintenance mode sounds like neutral in a car. Mm-hmm. It ain't. it's um it's a you know um because you're a little bit relaxed and you might be intuitive eating or something like that you have to be even a little bit more it's harder to be like gentle with yourself and strict at the same Mm -hmm. time like yeah um a nurturing point of view and that I think can be, that that can be a challenge. Um, yeah, I, because it's not extreme. It's like, oh, like moderation is not that simple. You know, it sounds simple because I don't have to write anything down. But mm-hmm. yeah, and it doesn't sound sexy because it's not. Yeah. You're not following. You may not be following something very specific. And mm. I think people really look towards some of these fads because they tell them what to do but the fads tend to be extreme. So that's where it always ends up going wrong. (laughs) So that's why we want think fit to be trending Mm -hmm. in 2021. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I started this because of, you know, wanting to be in the moderate crowd and wanting to be maintain um, slash kind of like J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) can I do both? Like, you know, that's like one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is because I have questions to ask Mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to know the best way. And, um, and I just think it's just like, you know, a never ending quest and never ending question. Um, uh, you know, looking for the right questions and, um, yeah. So anyways, that's, that, that, that just kind of popped up in my head. Um, the other thing I was just thinking of, uh, was, you know, the minimalist component of all of this, mm-hmm. um, because like something I've thought a lot about in 2020 is like the sustainability of all of our behavior in our, in our social circles, in our time management, in our screen time, in our, um, the things that we choose to bring into our space, Mm -hmm. you know, it has to happen now. And, um, fitness, I think definitely is a big part of that conversation. Like you said, immune system, all that stuff. Um, the immune system and the nervous system and the muscle system are so intertwined. People don't realize that. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, one of the things that I love to do in this podcast is educate, obviously, but it's also, I want to educate on like the cool parts of physiology that like, so for example, muscle and fat are endocrine organs. Like people don't, people don't think of it that way. They think of like the muscle being affected by the hormone, the fat being affected by the hormone. And I'm saying it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. I'm saying the muscle and the fat have such an influence on and are hormone producing organs. Right. And 
just knowing that um, and getting a little bit deeper into that science, into that like biochem, it's just like, wow. And the immune system's in there. Like mm-hmm. that, that's like, wow, huge. And strength training, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you can't really replace the benefits um, right. of, you know, um, same with cardio. Cardio has, you know, when it's done the right way, it has mm-hmm. such um, wonderful health benefits. Right. Um, so I guess um, what is, uh, what do you think in group exercise, like cardio wise, like with this, with the cycle and uh, the other thing I want to touch on is CrossFit. Yeah. Like, that's kind of bye-bye now, which is, yeah. you know, when I'm not going to lie, like I was really excited to see that. I was like, I always knew that guy was a shithead. <laughs> and I did. I, I know. And, and I was just like so excited. I was like, oh, but, like this is another blessing of 2020. We're, like we have a spotlight on these assholes. Right. And racism. Right. And, yeah. and he, you know. Mm. <gasps> well, and I think what what the the demise of the CrossFit name, I mm-hmm. think for us people who like really appreciate strength training and different strength training programs, all of these gyms that used to be CrossFit are probably going to evolve in their own little way. And I think people will less associate a barbell or less associate some kind of strength training program with CrossFit. Oh, is that like CrossFit because you have a barbell in your gym? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this diversity of what will come out of people just losing that CrossFit brand and that name will help. Um, I think overall the industry just with an open, a more open mind about what strength training is. Um, because I imagine that all of these, these gyms that work CrossFit probably do their own programming, probably have their own little twists on the way that they do everything. And I imagine that now not being associated with CrossFit, they'll continue to evolve in their own way, which I think is really cool. It's great. Um, it's great for the education sector. It's great for the people who need education. So that's one of the things about CrossFit that I always was very critical about was the lack of education mm-hmm. um, for the trainers um, yeah. or coaches, whatever you want to call them. And it, you know, gave people that love the barbell and love periodization and love planning and respect it. Um, it gave us a big stink in our mm-hmm. mouth. So yeah, you know, take that. I mean, that's why I ended up leaving CrossFit a long time yeah. ago because I burned out. My body just the intensity of it all the time, trying to go hard in every single class. It just, I got old. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't serving me anymore. So, yeah, um, yeah. but you can take a lot of elements of what CrossFit has done well, and you can apply that, um, in other ways for strength yeah. training. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I think, you know, getting women in the gym has been one of their, um, victories. I think the Mm -hmm. culture of it is kind of cool. I think it's really cool to see athletes that are not traditional, um, glamorous athletes in the sense, like get recognition. I think that's cool. Um, but whatever. Uh, but I think that's a good trend to like, we we got that one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what do you think about cardio, uh, and like cycling and stuff? What do you think happening? I think that's kind of a, it's a little bit of a loaded question. I think there's a couple of different factors. I think regarding the pandemic and regarding kind of immediate short term in 2021, looking into the new year, um, 
I think heavy breathing in a very small space without the right controls is still something that could be concerning for our communities in terms of like public health. Um, and I don't think a lot of people want to be in a room where people are like <laughs> for an hour <laughs> next to each Fair. other in a very yeah. closed space. Um, so I mm-hmm. think that's for us that garage is working really well um, because there is that airflow and they've actually had some studies. Um, I don't know if you read, do you read about that gym that was near um, Virginia tech? I think Mm-mm. a CrossFit type of gym where one of the clients um, she studies airborne diseases at Virginia Tech and helped them like create basically like um, aeration and flow airflow throughout their gym. And so it was a very large gym, very big space, I think like in a garage or whatnot. And one of the coaches ended up getting COVID. And um, they, I forget how many people they said, it was maybe like somewhere between 50 to 80 people he was in touch with. Not one single person got contracted the disease oh, cool. because yeah. of the airflow. So I think for any fitness, airflow is going to continue to be important, but specifically for cardio, just because you're expelling that much more particles into the air while you're breathing is going to be a challenge. So I do think think that cycling can be done inside. I just think it has to be in a big enough space with the right type of um, airflow. I've seen some other gyms um, in other cities where they're getting these HVAC units that pull outside air only and then push air out versus, which I guess is kind of what an HVAC does, but I think sometimes they circulate air within to be more efficient. So these systems are literally just taking air from outside, putting it inside, taking the air that's inside and pushing it outside. And I think things like that, those types of innovative ideas are going to be really important um, in the, in the, any type of fitness. Yeah. Commercial real estate in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And space, um, and that will be interesting for places like us in Delray and in Old Town, where all of our spaces are tiny, and like we've had to fit our businesses into a very small, probably not um, ideal spot because of the location mm-hmm. is more ideal. Um, but mm-hmm. now it's like, what do we do with this small square footage? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was in Georgetown the other night, and uh, there was a lot of boarded up studios, like yeah, Soul Cycle in particular. And yep. I've been in that room. It's like, uh, yeah, makes <laughs> it small. Um, and then I think based on that, um, you said we were talking about the immune system and all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the most functional parts of active recovery are also trending in 2021, mm-hmm. which is actually just sleep. Yeah. And functional foods. Um I think you're a trendsetter. You got your own chickens. I know. Well, that's my other like side passion is um, I, and this is something I, I feel like I should. That your side over. passion is eating sustainable food. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's my side passion. And I feel like I just never, I used to talk about, you know, anti-inflammatory and locally sourced food all the time. And then it kind of fell off of that. And now I've been trying to do it more because I mm-hmm. am really, it has been life-changing for me um, in my own yeah. health. And I do think that there's a more, people are more open to it now again, because they're like, what am I putting in my body? What's going to make me strong? Um, you know, grocery stores are questioning, you know, food in the grocery store. And when there's limited food in the grocery store, people are like, oh my gosh, where am I going to get my food from? Because, you know, giant is sold out of meat. So where am I going to get my meat from? So I do think that, um, you know, even the farmer that couple farms that we work with, they're selling out of their, of their meat. Um, and I think that's great on so many levels because I, it's awesome for these smaller farms to be supported. 
by our community. Um, and then secondly, the quality of the food is just so much better. And I think long-term, if these yeah. farms that are focusing on regenerative, regenerative farming and sustainable farming, um, if they can get more support, you know, the more it is, the better for the earth. All of, it's like, everything is like, everything yeah. comes out of that. Oh my gosh. Oh God. Yeah. Regenerative farming and, and ecosystem is uh, absolutely one of the things that, you know, culturally society, like we have to focus on because yeah. like our food system is sick. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, evident by the also, you know, 2020 putting a spotlight on assholes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that I'm, 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 I'm dying on that hill. I love it. Um, <laughs> the, um, the meat industry, uh, is one of the most contagious places mm-hmm. of yeah. COVID. It's yeah. just like, that was a huge spotlight. It was like anywhere there's a meat packing place, there's outbreaks. Yeah. And that is one of the ways that they're like, you know, zeroing in on these outbreaks. It's like, yeah. is there a meat packing place within this community that people are working at? Right. And that's, that's messed up. That, that is, um, wow. Um, but I mean, you know, people are really discouraged by like prices and stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean, even the chickens that I get from a place in Maryland, they, um, you know, it's five ninety nine a pound mm-hmm. whole foods breast are like seven ninety nine a pound. Yeah. Right. Like, and like a whole chicken at Whole Foods um, at their one of their higher ratings, whatever they call that, is probably two ninety nine, three ninety nine a pound. Yeah, and I don't like five. So five ninety nine a pound. I I'm I can I can do that. Like yeah. I I can do that. And I mean, also it does taste better. So I'll use mm-hmm. the chicken. And then I'll make a broth. Right. And I, I do that often, but you can tell in the bones. Yeah. Just touch just touching them. Right. And looking at them, you're like, whoa, that is, you know, from someone who likes making broth and stocks, that it, it's it's a remarkable difference. Like yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you could sit them in front of any person <laughs> and say, look at this bone and look at this bone. Did this come from the same like farm or yard and they'd be like no right. way <laughs> right. yeah well and I think um, with people being home more like mm-hmm. it's all the better reason to learn to cook your food in a more sustainable way too like mm-hmm. I know it's like oh my god what am I gonna do with the whole chicken like how do I cook mm-hmm. this like I, I'm just comfortable with my breasts I know how to cook my breasts I know how to throw those in the grill or whatever but I would encourage people right now to use this time to learn how to cook a whole chicken learn how to make your own bone broth and see how good it tastes and it does mm-hmm. make that five ninety nine worth much more when you know what to do with that whole piece of meat, um, mm-hmm. and you can get multiple meals out of it. So, mm-hmm. in in a sense, it's like almost more cost effective when you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, and it's the same with uh, think thinking fit. Like for me, like so, I can buy a program from someone, right? And I understand the foundations. Mm-hmm. One of my, one of my muse, uh, muses is Julia Child. For her, who's like 
a super, she's like, she's got a lot of Virgo. Yeah. By the way. Oh, good. Every muse I have, I look up their chart. (laughs) Um, I love it. So Julia Child, lots of Virgo placements. And, you know, she has such an appreciation for that foundation for, you know, she moved to France and and Paris. And she said, um, me and my friends want to learn how to cook. And they, they took their crude American, like, mindset and we're like teach me and they had no clue what the sauces were with the whatever and that foundational thinking um is something I think about all the time with this podcast because I I think it's much more cost effective to spend time on the educational piece of what am I doing right (laughs) of these are the things I work with every day I sleep I eat I work out like right learning the foundations of two of those will impact your life. And it's just like much more than cost effective. It's, it's all around like poly, uh, effective, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, so both of those things are just music to my ears. I love it. Um, yeah. do you have a few more minutes? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, the other, um, thing I wanted to spot on um at put the spotlight on as a trend is in the athletic training and physical therapy world is pain science pain mm-hmm. neuroscience education people this is the future of treating chronic pain um the old way is is to one either ignore it and go to the doctor and pretty much um look down a path of opioids or I really hate when my clients come in and they're like, my doctor told me to take a bunch of anti-inflammatories. Like that grinds my gears beyond. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it affects your gut, which affects mm-hmm. your muscle function, which affects your sleep, which affects your digestion. And nothing. I'm sweating thinking about it. It really <laughs> fucks me up, dude. <laughs> Um, so, uh, anyways, another topic. Um, so I think pain neuroscience education is such an important, um, thing. And I think it's going to start trending because people that have chronic pain can receive, um, I think it's like four to four hours, let's say three to four hours of education about pain physiology, neurophysiology, the biology of pain, and it's proven just by education, they can decrease their pain. Oh, interesting. Decrease, yeah, decrease the likelihood of using um, opioids. And they've done studies with people who are going in for joint replacements. And I love, I love this example. So they'll take, they have um, the experiment group where they get three hours of education on pain biology. Let's just call it the pain biology, how pain is made, how it, how it, um, how it becomes an experience and that pain and tissue injury are events. They're not the same thing. So understanding this and getting the education, and then they have the control group, which just gets the joint replacement and both groups get physical therapy afterwards. Mm-hmm. The group that gets the education 
is by far more functional, pain-free, like not pain-free, but like um, pain-free doesn't actually exist. And <laughs> we all have to have pain at some point if we're human. Right. Um, and then the, their outcomes are just so much better than yeah. the people who don't get the education before the surgery. They've done this with um, breast cancer, like, um, you know, uh, re- removing the breast and all that stuff. Even in that situation, people are, are doing better with the pain neuroscience education. And um, anyways, so I think that's going to be a trend. I truly hope it is. I, um, if not, like, I, I'm going to be talking about it all year. um and then the other thing is i think this is going to be the year that we're going to start recognizing that mobility and flexibility are a derivative of strength Mm -hmm. not smashing up our muscles and um doing self-myofascial release as our only defense against right tight muscles yeah have you experienced any changes in your flexibility with a strength training like more of a focus on that um yes i would say when you're working your muscles in the right way you're just mm-hmm. enhancing your mobility yeah I, I think like you know even just for general you know general person who feels tight cuz they're sitting all day I think people will be like, oh, like make sure you're stretching, make sure you're working on opening your chest and all these things. But if you're actually exercising and strength, holistically strengthening your body, so working the front of your body, working the back of your body, all, all of those things, you're ultimately making yourself more mobile yeah. um, and like caring for your joints. And I think that just translates into better mobility and better flexibility overall. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's my creed. I live by that. So, yeah. um, and it's just interesting to hear it come from someone who is a competitive gymnast. Yeah. You know, cause they, um, you know, that world is known for flexibility. You have to be mobile and strong at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Um, did we miss anything? I don't think so. Um, I think, um, aesthetically pleasing home gyms might be very trendy. Yes. But that's not for everyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think people are going to find a balance of working out on their own, working out in groups at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's been a giant movement to working out at home. Obviously for us, I watch, I'm watching people buy Peloton left and right. Um, that's obviously a competitive thing for a, a boutique cycling studio. So yeah. every time someone buys a Peloton, I'm like, ugh. but we mm-hmm. have people that have bikes at home that come back to us and because it's less motivating, at home or they still want the in-person experience. Um, so I do think that that stuff will even out. Um, and one of the things about being in person in fitness, I think is especially now when we're all home more, we have less interaction with people in a day-to-day setting coming to a group fitness class is like an outing (laughs) more so than it was before. Like sometimes we're at your office all day long and you want to go home because you just need to tune out people. Um, but now it's like, let me get to my workout class because I have been alone all day on zoom all day. I need to get out of the house. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm happy that like for Ascend, at least we can provide that place for people to get out. Cause I think the, maybe, you know, one thing we didn't touch on was mental health, um, and mm-hmm. getting, continuing to get through this like new normal that we're all evolving to. Um, and I think exercise in whatever way you're doing it, group fitness on your own exercise is just so important. Hell Yeah. 
Um, mental fitness will be hot in 2021. Yay. <laughs> um, the other thing is nature. Mm-hmm. At, like if it's just working out in nature or if it's actually like going to, um, I love this term, forest bathe. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm just going to go bathe in the forest. And um, I think that's that's huge, obviously. Um, one of our most popular podcasts ever is about nature fitness yeah. and whatnot. So um, if you know any instructors that are ever looking for a course on um, leading people outside, um, oh, cool. I, we, one of, one of my good friends and she was on the podcast, uh, Melanie, um, has a course, uh, that's CEC approved and all that. Oh, stuff, cool. Um, okay. for safely taking people outside. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing now, you know, it's, um, you know, if fitness barriers were low before, right. Definitely low now. Um, yeah. Barriers for being an instructor is what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, um, I think that was it. We got it. I think we yeah. got all of our trends. Cause I, Great. I, I, I think, um, I, and I'll just say this, I think it's a good way to end. I hope Tracy Anderson working out in a barn dies. <laughs> I love that. I love that commercial. I guess commercial is on Instagram, <laughs> but it just makes me laugh. <laughs> I know. And I talk shit about it all the time. So guess what pops up? Right. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm always like, if it's on Facebook, I like, I do like the mad face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so like, I get bombarded with those barn workouts all the time. And I know. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. So not trending is, um, you know, uh, I'm not even going to go into the aesthetics of that. I could hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'll just leave it at that. Like I, I'm still on my quest to age like JLo mm-hmm. and um, there will be no Tracy Anderson in that quest. Yes. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> Aging every year in a more graceful way. Yes. 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 And chasing chickens and, yes. um, and your farmer's going to hire you for as PR. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, let me get your, let me get your meat out to everybody. <laughs> I was like, because I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. So if you He's follow me out on Instagram, these are the things you can expect. Right. Chick- chickens at home. <laughs> adorable cats. Yeah. Adorable like children. <laughs> and fitness. Yes. And meat. So these are the five things that Kat loves to share. And I'm so glad that I can help you do that. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for our hundredth episode at Think Fit Be Fit podcast. It's truly my honor and pleasure to share this information and help you grow with your fitness, with your health Head on over to thinkfitbefitpodcast.com, subscribe to the newsletter, leave a review. And as a listener, we we want to know what you guys have been learning and what your thoughts and feelings about these episodes are. I mean, our Fitness for Consumption podcast show is so 
interesting because it's also provocative. So if there's something in there that triggered you, let us know. We want to know what your what you're learning, how you are learning, and how you are applying this in your fitness. Always open to conversation because this is an ongoing conversation. We are we are growing together. Uh, head on over to Facebook and Instagram, Think Fit Be Fit Podcast, and check out the guys at Fitness for Consumption. They are so sharing such valuable information and and we got to we got to say thank you to them as well because they're just really putting in some hard work and bringing in some very high quality guests. Thanks again. I appreciate you and I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to hear from you.